Shalom. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I am Shmuley Yanklowitz, President and Dean of Valley Beit Midrash. Here at VBM, we strive to bring you only the highest quality of Jewish learning. Bringing pluralistic and innovative Jewish programming to the Jewish community that craves substance and insight is our passion. But we cannot do it alone. To support our endeavors, please consider donating a tax-deductible contribution to our organization. By doing so, you will be supporting meaningful Jewish educational content, funding the next generation of leaders, as well as furthering Jewish wisdom to people all over the country and all over the world. Please visit www.valleybatemadrash.org. Thank you so much and enjoy the program. It's an honor and delight to be here with Rabbi Sharon Kleinbaum, who serves as the spiritual leader of Congregation Beit Simchat Torah, where she was installed as CBST's first rabbi in 1992, arriving at the height of the AIDS crisis. Under her leadership as senior rabbi, CBST has become a powerful voice in the movement for equality and justice for people of all sexual orientations, gender identities, and expressions, and a significant force challenging the radical rights dominance over religious and political life in the United States and around the world. Thank you, Rabbi Sharon Kleinbaum. I'm a big fan of yours, so thank you for taking the and time. I'm so happy to be with you. I'm a big fan of yours. Thank you. Thank you so much. So so, to st- so there's so much to talk about, but just to start, um, the American, uh, the, the synagogue in America plays such an important role in American Jewish life. And I wonder, um, what are some of the most positive roles that synagogues can play for, um, for communities right now? Well, honestly, I think the most important thing is the word community that you mentioned. And in today's America, community is countercultural. We live in a, an America which is so focused on individuals. And then on top of that, with the social distancing, everybody is in this atomized small bubble. And in a place like New York City, where I am in, that's intensely alienating and very, very painful. What we can do with the synagogue, we can be wide open, even if we're not physically in a specific building. And that's not true for everything. Uh, That's just not true. Broadway is shut down. There's no way to be at a Broadway show. You could watch a movie of it, but it's not the same thing. So I believe in the profound nature of community and a community that's based on ritual and on study, on prayer, on gemilut chasadim, and on all these different elements that help people get out of themselves enough to realize that their role in life is not to just be a victim of whatever the latest external disaster we're living in, but to find meaning and purpose and to create a holy community in which we can be building no matter what destruction is happening on the outside. And look, you and I know our people have been through terrible times before, and we have that in our DNA, and we have that in our sense of what it is to have community. I said to my congregation on the Shabbos after the election in November of 16, we have to build the Teva, we have to build the ark that is gonna help us survive the tsunami, the flood, the mabul that is coming at us. And um, if people thought I was being hyperbolic then, they for sure don't think so now because we understand there's evil in the universe and we as Jews and at CBST as LGBT people have existed forever in the face of government neglect, government hostility, anti-Semitism, homophobia. All of that is true, and yet we still must build a positive, a community in which we can live full lives, no matter what the limitations are. 
So at CBST, we've done that the best we can, and we have it in our DNA as a community, I think because of what happened in the period of AIDS. We lost 40% of our congregation, 40% of the men died from AIDS uh, during that 16, 17-year period. Uh, we know what it is to be surrounded by despair and by death. As a Jewish people, we know what it is. So the question is, okay, how do we then step forward? And the synagogue is an ideal structure, I believe, and I, structure, I mean, of course, um, not physically, to be able to instill values, to reinforce values of hope and of continuity and of the future and of building, even if any of us individually might not live to see it. That's, Judaism has never focused on a one-generation investment in the future. And unfortunately, that's how America functions. And I have to say this, that I think the Frum community understands this best. And we in the non-Orthodox community have a lot to learn from the Frum community, even while I often disagree with some of the political stands of some of the Frum community. I think the Frum community understands the power of community and the proximity that uh, is created by being near a walking distance to a shul makes that possible in a way in America it doesn't. Now, we, um, in this CBST community, are now having to use technology in a way to achieve that. And honestly, we're reaching people we never were able to reach before as effectively. I'm teaching Tehillim four days a week from Monday to Thursday for 45 minutes. I have 80 to 90 students every morning. Most of them have never studied text before in their lives. We're now, you know, what are we, nine, 10 weeks into the class? You know, we're up to some six, I think. And they've never experienced what it feels like to go slowly and take a text apart and find meaning and all of the things that many in the Frum world take for granted. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's not as true. And this, ironically, is giving us the time and space to do it and the technology to reach people. Yeah. So that's pretty profound. But we learned in the time of AIDS that there were three primary things that we needed to know how to do in order to survive the plague. And again, that doesn't mean every individual survives. We're not a Hollywood ending. We know as the Jewish people, people die. People are killed. People are martyred. That's going to always be. The question is, will the Jewish people continue even if individuals among us don't last? That's such a deeply Jewish understanding of our role. And we learned three things that are now feeding us, sustaining us, nourishing us as a synagogue. One is the power of ritual. That you have to have ways to come together to observe Shabbat, to make Havdalah, to uh, lane from the Torah, to have morning rituals when somebody dies, etc., etc. The second is that we have to find a way to build community concretely, actively, whether it's in classes or we have a group that meets fetch, don't fetch, of all the CBST members who have a pet. They get on Zoom and introduce all their pets. And how do you create connection? And the third key element is joy. We have to remember, if it's as Jews, we remember that God has commanded us on Shabbos. Oneg Shabbat is not a vague concept. It's very concrete. We're given in our tradition ways that Oneg Shabbat is, is achieved. But during AIDS, when we had 40% dying from our community, when I arrived at CBSC in 1992, I did three funerals 
of men my age, I was 33 when I arrived in 92, it was my generation I was burying. And in the first month of being a rabbi, I buried three people. Everybody in the synagogue was either sick, dying, mourning, fearing being sick, or taking care of someone. Everybody was part of that ecology of HIV AIDS. And we, on Shabbat, well, it could have turned into a memorial service every Shabbat where Kaddish, uh, the Kaddish could have become the main part of the service. CBST maintained this idea. We could not turn it over to a memorial service that Shabbos demanded of us to feel joy, to sing together, to laugh, to learn Torah, to teach, to have, you know, dress up parties after services, to have dances. And that we would pause before the mourner's Kaddish and remember every person who had died that week. But we would not let that diminish our ability to still have joy. And so those three things have guided me in this plague very concretely. And I remind our community of this all the time. Amazing, amazing. So just one other question for you today. I could, sure. I could listen to you for hours, but um, <laughs> um, we yearn for a new, a new normal in the post-pandemic world, right? We don't want to just return to uh, the, the injustices and, and, the, and the distractions that, uh, from our moral priorities that we saw pre-pandemic. And I wonder, like, um, looking at society at large, and of course the synagogue is interconnected with society at large, um, what, how does our justice work change right now? How do we, how do we work for a new, more just your, uh, normal uh, during this time? Well, in some ways I have a very simple answer to that, which is it doesn't. Um, and in some ways we have to learn how to be as committed to those values. We might have to find different ways. We might have to adjust. But for instance, we have a, we had a weekly legal clinic for immigrants as part, we're part of the New Sanctuary Coalition that met every Wednesday night at CBSC in every nook and cranny of the building. We don't have a huge building, was filled with immigrants. With, we had a team of four to five congregants with each person to help them walk through the various paperwork and process for uh, the application for asylum status. And we have refugees. Every and we, when we knew we had to shut down the building, we didn't know how we were going to continue this. It was so connected to sitting with our friends, helping them in the process, fighting the legal system, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. In a week, we were able to visit, to pivot, to becoming an online clinic. And our clinic is now two nights a week. Yeah. And it's not the same. It's not as good, so to speak, as sitting with a friend and being able to support them emotionally and bring in a birthday cake when it's somebody's birthday and have a little l'chaim and you know, pat somebody on and give them a hug. But it doesn't mean we can't do anything. None of us can do everything, but everyone can do something. I mean, if, and that, that can't stop us. So now we have the clinic twice a week, Wednesday and Thursday nights, where we have shifted to an online clinic. Our lawyers are still working. The system is still trying to deport people. And our lawyers are working with uh, immigrants, helping them move through the process, trying to protect them. And we even got somebody's asylum status uh, concretized during this time. So I would say it's a matter of not saying we have to pause on our social justice work. It's like saying we have to pause on Shabbat because we can't do it the way we used to do it. We, because we can't have 20 people around our Shabbos table, eh, we're just not going to do it. 
No, we, because we can't do exactly what we did cannot be a reason. And I still, you know, lo alecha hamlacha ligmor. We can't be prevented from doing whatever we can. So we have, we still are doing a lot of our social justice work. It just is taking a different shape. Yeah, beautiful. Keep up your, all your amazing work. Thank you I, so much. And to you too, my friend. Many, many blessings to you. Good yeah. yantav. Good yantav.